You're now listening to the sound of sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hello, welcome to Sound of Sanity. Hey! I wondered if that was a mistake. You never can tell with Nathan. Maybe it was a mistake that he leaned into. Maybe that was always the plan. The world may never know. Much like how many likes there are. And in To get to the center. To get to the center. The Tootsie Roll center of the Tootsie Pop. Of a Tootsie Pop. Mr. Al says he's going to count. He's a very wise animal. He licks it twice. And then he bites it. I wonder if that is still a reference that people younger than us get. I don't know. Because I think it was an old reference when we... It was old. Like yeah, that, but, that they, but there are a lot of things like that that still exist. Like, mm-hmm. that still kind of make their rounds, that still show up. Like, they'll recirculate some of those old commercials that were old when we were kids. Still. I've seen that sort of thing. I can't put my... I can't name something, but... Yeah, I mean, certainly a lot of these things live on in the zeitgeist and on your YouTubes and your TikToks and things like that. So it is entirely possible that people still know that reference. I wonder if they still know. Everything I think I see becomes a Tootsie Roll to me. In short, I I forgot that that existed until you just did that. But you remembered it once I did it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I did. Ben. How about... From Charms. Mm. It's the blow pop or whatever, different commercials. Maybe. They'd have this little like tag at the end. Some kid. From Charms. Maybe. And did you know that Charms are an actual candy? I didn't know that until I worked at a factory that put berries together and stuff like that. Oh, yeah? But yeah, Charms. Like, so like Charms, like the company that makes blow pop actually has a hard candy that they sell. Huh. You can't find it anywhere, but we would stock it in... MREs, so that you, meals ready to eat. We have a factory here in town, a company called AmeriQual, and they make MREs, which are meals ready to eat, huge contracts with the military and stuff like that, stuff that can sit on a shelf for a decade or something like that and not go bad because of how it's wow. cooked and preserved and packaged. And it's what we feed our troops. We send it over to the desert and it's going to be okay. And then you take those guys and you throw them into a bigger package with things that are a little bit more perishable. Then you seal that up. And so uh, Mariqual, I worked at this company when I was in college in my summers. It's how I paid my way through college. So I worked packing MREs into boxes, case packing two summers. And one summer I worked at the other plant where it was all assembled into the bigger thing. And there'd always be like a candy or something that you'd stick in. Sometimes it'd be Skittles or whatever, but sometimes it'd be charms. There you go. I did not know any of that. I did not know about that chapter from your life i don't think i've ever heard you talk about it before huh. I, I do not charms candy i know about charms candy hold on gotta know acquiring minds yeah it's to gonna know. look like if they were square but it just like somebody ripped the tootsie, what do they call those things not tootsie pops blow pops blow pop, yeah somebody just li- ripped the pop off of the blow pop yeah just little squares they come in a little thing about a lifesaver pack or something like that huh oh huh look yeah they look great they have like circles that are like hard candies that come in tens and they have a package that comes in like a like a lightsaber type of thing with a little squares. And yeah, I think it's just the hard candy that if you didn't want the gum on the inside, you could just have the hard candy. 
Cool. There you go. Frankly, I think it sounds terrible. I'm <clears throat> the opposite of Ben here. Yep. I'm all in. I'm 100% in. Yeah. I mean, I'm, not, I'm just not a big hard candy guy in general. I don't know that if I really am. If it's I'm, around, I might have one. I think of hard candy as something that your grandparents give you and they think you're going to like more than something that you actually like. You go to your grandpa's oh my house goodness. and it's a Did you ever have those horrible sugar-free hard candies that your diabetic grandparents would have around? Never had to have that. So I've had those. bad. So bad. Were these originals? I don't think I ever had imposed on me. I, they were around, but I was never expected to eat them. One of those originals was the best of the grandma has this lame candy. And I love uh, those strawberry I love those filled. Strawberry, strawberry filled. Those oh, are great no, too. Those things are disgusting. I was, I'm a, I'm I liked those. those when I was a kid. Yep. Uh, those are great. Um, Werther's. It's great. I became a man to put away childhood. You know, one things. of the ones that, one of the weird ones that I learned to really love was the reason dudes. It was like a dark chocolate. The reason for what? They're called reason. Shut up. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you put that so straight I did not know it until it was like a yeah, an Andy yeah, Kaufman yeah. over here uh, I didn't know whether I'm not good at playing uh, that reason, kind of thing you know, straight reason's okay it's I still okay. am tempted at every once in a well I've actually never been tempted I'm tempted to consider buying a pack of those or something like that and then I remember how chewy and sticky they are and I think yeah no, no. I've never been actually tempted to, to do it but you're one step removed from temptation. I'm trying to gauge this. So you're tempted to consider. So you're like, yeah. maybe I should think about thinking that, about. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's like you're walking down the candy aisle for some reason and you see them up there and you're like, I have some fond memory of this being the best available candy at my grandparents' house. And so enjoy deciding I enjoyed it. But look at all the better things. If I were to get candy, which I won't, I would get the better things. That's fair. So it's like I could have the angel and the devil come on my shoulder and talk about whether to get this candy or not, but I'm not even going to commit to that step because this candy's not even good enough for that. Yeah. There's, yeah, it's just I could go down a nostalgia road that I know would end poorly, or I could just not. The thought occurred to me that I could go down that road, but that would be a bad road to go down. I get it. Now, fun fact about Jake, he actually, no one else in the world actually does this, but he actually does have a little Jake in a red leotard and a little Jake with a halo come yeah. onto his shoulders. And oh, it's, yeah. it's always for the most to knock. It's never like when he's thinking about murdering somebody, which he does all the time. No, yeah. It's always for, should I get raisinets? <laughs> and then he'll stand there in the movie theater <laughs> line. And I don't know whether the angel or the devil, Jake, would be arguing for the raisinets. I'm going to The s- devil's arguing s- for the raisinets. Yeah. And the angel's like, don't be stupid. I like Raisinets. Do you? Yeah. Do you, Ben? I really do. do. You really? Ben, I really do. Ben listens to the devil. Oh, my goodness. Raisins are delicious. There's Granted. It's w- <laughs> <laughs> the net part that I dispute. Wait, nut part? The net, oh, the raisinette. Oh, 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 okay. Part, yeah. yeah, okay. All right. The only candy that has compelled me to buy it in an actual movie theater are those Nerds Gummy Clusters. Oh, I call... Recently, at least. Balderdash on that. What about Mike's and Ike's? Okay, Mike, and Ike's. My, Mike and Ike's are something that I would buy if I felt compelled to get some candy. But mm. I don't think that Mike and Ike's... So I don't know. Maybe this is just like a phase thing. But I didn't know that these nerd gummy clusters existed until we're at some baseball game. My daughter comes from the concession stand with a pack and hands me two or three of them. And man, those things are something. They're like the... They're not, it's like on the one hand, you want to say they're not good. 
Like they're not, there's nothing like yeah. it's just candy and candy's candy and candy's gross and yuck. But also like there's something like in the food science of this with the crunchy outer cluster and the gummy center and the flavor pop that comes with it. Yeah. I kind of like it and kind of don't. You don't want, you don't want to have one, but once you've had one, how do you stop having more of them until they're gone? I don't want to have one. And then I don't, I'm not happy that I did. I am actively so kind does, of repulsed even thinking about anything. it. Yeah. yeah. I don't like I, it at like, all. I, like right now I'm repulsed by the idea. There's but, something kind of chalky about it once you've bitten through that's, it's. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about chalky. It's, it does like, it's got enough of a little sour kick to sort of get your saliva. I don't know. It's just like, you should experience it because you should experience it as a an experiment in devious, devilish food science. There is, Nothing huh. wholesome about these guys. Like they're so bad for you, but they're like there's something about them that's finely tuned to be to hit yeah. all the right, all the wrong dopamine receptors or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, my my dopamine receptors just aren't that receptive to those kinds of things. I don't like any kind of vaguely synthetic fruit ish candy. I only like chocolate when it comes to. You don't like Swedish fish or anything? Not really. It's not my thing. Not okay. my thing. Uh, I, I much, loved gummy type stuff. Yeah, I don't like yeah. gummies. And I know you guys are both kind of gummy people. I don't like gummies. I don't like nerds. I don't like Skittles. Anything like that. I don't really like Skittles. So I'm a... Ch- like Sours, a, don't care. I would go there with you on chocolate, except that I'm more of a, like a chocolate snob. So anything that's like milk chocolate, I can't do. Cheap chocolate, I just don't like. Yeah, I'm a man of the people. I'll just get some M&Ms or something. It's fine. Yeah. Reese's uh, Pieces. Even Reese's M&Ms. Cups. Nothing better than a Reese's okay, Cup. Okay, a Reese's Cup I can do, but I still won't buy it because it's so sweet. It's. I know this is like hypocritical for me to be like nerds gummy clusters, but Reese cups are so sweet. But there is like there a, is something about it. <clears throat> yeah, is like a there's a weird balance, and I think there's a like a sour part of that nerds gummy cluster that makes it sort of feel more balanced for me, or something that's just I don't know what it is, but that's like crack. So I just, mean, you just have to stay away. Yeah, yeah, I gotta stay away. Can't do it. Gonna. Hmm. Consume 500 calories of Nerd's gummy clusters and then feel bad. Yeah, yeah candy mm-hmm. is such a bad investment in terms of junk food. I mean, if I'm going to spend so what I do when I go to the ballpark is I just take fruit. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's the good Stra- guy. Strawberries, blueberries, and pineapple. And then, hmm. why on earth would you spring for candy? Because that stuff is so good. I've been doing lose it app weight loss type stuff for a long time now, and I'm very aware of the caloric density of things and. I've learned to hate things that are like even just something as innocuous as almonds or peanuts or any kind of nut I hate because you'll eat a handful and you've just had 150, 200 calories. And that's just you're not satiated. You're not full. You haven't chewed that long. You don't get the sensation of having that many calories. You just get that many calories. And that's what I hate about candy is it's so jam packed. I'd much rather have if I'm going to have a sweet. I don't have much of a sweet tooth anyway. But if I'm going to have a sweet, I want a cookie or Something that which, has, has which, a little more substance to what it. What you really want is ice cream because it's got good fat content. If you're trying to like, like take the edge off of a sweet tooth, even one spoonful of the right kind of ice cream, because it has enough fat in it to actually feel satiating. Mm-hmm. It's like taking a gulp of milk, but you get a little bit of sweetness with it. Pop mm-hmm. it back in the freezer and be done with it. I'd rather have a reasonably sized chocolate chip cookie with an actual glass of milk, that would be the greatest kind of sweet event that I could have in my life. A lot of what I'll also do is just 
I've been thinking about getting one of those Ninja Creamies, but you guys know what those are? Nope. Do you, do you know the Ninja Creamy? The Ninja, is it a? It's an ice cream maker that's almost instant. It's almost instant. Is it like one of those really? CO2 or an NO2 powered things? No, 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 it's just, you look it up, Ben, but it's really cool. So it's not like a blender, right? So what you do is you take your chocolate milk in a scoop of protein powder, mm. and in two minutes, it you have 50 grams of protein in the form of an of ice cream. And they say it's super tasty. There are little things that you can do to it to... But what I was going to say is what I'll do if I have, what I actually do if I have a sweet tooth is I'll take a couple scoops of chocolate protein powder with some ice and then water or almond milk or something like that. And if I feel like I'm being a little generous with myself, I might throw a little bit of chocolate syrup or a little bit of like chocolate chips in. And then the protein in that, I get something like a milkshake or a frosty out of it. And the protein in it is going to be awfully satiating. And it's not going to be near as good as an actual milkshake or a scoop of ice cream, but it's hmm. going to absolutely take the edge off, plus help me hit my protein goals for the day. That's totally fair. Cool. That's totally fair. I mean, I just think, personally, if I'm going to have empty calories, give me fries, give me something savory. Come on, like, who wants sweet stuff? Sweet stuff is for children and animals. What, what a lot of people, so a lot of people listening should actually look into the creamy, especially if you have... Trouble enhancing the protein intake of your kids. I'm not recommending that you supplement with protein powders with your kids. That's between you and your nutritionist and whatever else. No medical advice here, guys. But what a lot of people will do is, I can't get my kid to eat yogurt, or I can't get my kid to eat enough protein or whatever for breakfast. But what I can do is throw a scoop of yogurt in with some milk and in with a scoop of protein powder and turn it into ice cream really quick in the morning in my Ninja Creamy and the kids think they're getting ice cream for breakfast, but they're also getting like an awesome balanced breakfast or maybe not balanced, but they're getting a much better start to their day than their sugary cereal or whatever mm-hmm. that they think they want. Now, Ben, how much would you pay for one of these Ninja Creamies? $250? <laughs> $200? $250 was the price I just saw, but it's out of stock on the Ninja website. What if I told you? That's, 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 that's the premium one. So that's the eleven in one, right? I no, saw, so I we, saw. Can, we can bring it in for a cool two hundred seven thirty eight, right here. Cool on Instacart.com. There you go. That's just like four easy payments of fifty one ninety nine, forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it, if we were actually going to use it regularly, I'd consider. That might be a good like Mother's Day gift or something for my wife. I do not personally eat ice cream or like ice cream that much. I just don't have a sweet tooth. I guess. I mean, I do. I, I'm not going to pretend I love like ice I'm. cream. The thing about ice cream is you spend five bucks at your Dairy Queen, let's say. Yep. And then I eat one bite of it, and it's like that was really enough ice cream for this month. Like I, I don't. If I get a blizzard or something, I do not you want s- to finish the blizzard. And if s- I do, I feel gross. You stop by Schnucks. You get some Tillamook ice cream for five bucks, and then you take a spoonful every once in a while as a little treat. Take several scoops every night as a little treat. (laughs) And then you become a diabetic. Right. Not true. Well, if your name is Mintzel, you do, because that's the genes. Uh, If your name is Nathan Alberson, then it goes straight to your hips, and you can't wear jeans. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
And if your name is Ben, you got a fast metabolism and no diabetes, then you just go to town, baby. Eat all the ice cream. Eat all the ice cream you want. Go running Let everybody eat you. Feel fine. Yeah, let everybody (laughs) eat you. Oh, man. The Nenji Creamy Breeze, our sponsor for today, available (laughs) at Sam's Club. At our local Sam's Club, I see. Ah, for how much? I think for 207.38. Okay. So if you are into making cool mixed drinks and things like that, you want the deluxe because you can make really fun margaritas and daiquiris and yeah, icy sorts of drinks in it. It just gives you a few more options and possibilities with the kinds of things that you can do beyond just like a blender is going to give you a smoothie or you can chop up some ice in it, but this is going to allow you to, but, and that's for like $50 more, but I don't care. I'm, if I get one, I'll get the cheap, I'll get the cheap one. No, I misspoke. You can get one for, you can get the base model, a Ninja Creamy Breeze ice cream, Gilletto milkshake or base smoothie bowl and light ice cream maker, seven one touch programs and four pints for $169.98. At Sam's Club. Max two per membership. That's pretty cool. Rates and I reductions mean, could apply. Yeah. Anyhow, I know about it because it's sort of been hitting health and fitness Twitter for a couple months <laughs> now of people putting their recipes out there and being excited about it. Or also family Twitter where people are like always looking for things to share about how to make life cheap, easy, and healthy for your kids. And so it's definitely one of like big family Twitter's favorite favorite huh. things for fun healthy treats or even fun healthy breakfast or meal substitutes. Do you want to trick your kids into thinking they're eating ice cream while giving them 50 grams of protein? The Ninja Creamy. That's cool. This review says, loved at first, but then burned up. Loved it for the first week, then it started smoking and the plastic container started melting into the blade. Blade was hot and came out black. Almost a fire before I unplugged it. But that's one of most of the reviews are like, five stars, essential kitchen tool, obsessed, love it, love it, awesome machine, amazing. Oh, there's a junk. I had to wait forever to get it, and then the blade fell off. Five stars, luxury ice cream making. I think, oh, this is by the shark people? That makes sense. Yeah. The ninja people, yep. Yep. Yep, it's the ninja people who are also the shark people. It's efficient. It's cheap consumer grade, make your life easier, fast type of a thing. So sit on your countertop, look pretty and not be like a great big ice cream maker or whatever. But so yeah, I've, I've not seen, all I've seen so far is like the, it sounds too good to be true, but it kind of is type of stuff. But that's what a lot of health and fitness or big family Twitter is in traffics in anyway. So it's just the way that they roll. No, it looks cool. I would, I'm intrigued by this. Not really for me, but for my family. <sighs> ben, your thoughts? Yeah. <clears throat> it's cool. How do you feel about the Ninja Corporation and their fine line of products? I've heard that they're pretty good. And also that they their appliances don't have the endurance of more expensive brands. It's the impression that I've gotten. I've had... A Ninja Blender for... I think we might have a Ninja. We have a knockoff if we don't. Seven or eight years. I've never had any trouble with it. I got the one that has like the big thing and yeah. then the two individualized cups with the cool. individualized blades. So a lot of... Like when I say that I make a smoothie, I take like the cup yeah, and I drop 
a couple scoops of protein powder, ice, whatever, screw the cap on, mm-hmm. and then just drink straight out of the cup. Really nice. easy, simple, makes life easy. Yeah, yeah that's great the thing about <clears throat> that's great. all blenders is that you have to clean them, and I just don't care for that. I mean, I have a wife, and I guess she does it most of the time, but I don't use my blender every day to blend my smoothies and things, and I do protein powdery things, but I always just use them with a spoon because I'm like, it's the 21st century, and yet we have not developed technology where I don't end this process with a bladed machine with a bunch of creamy gunk stuck beneath the blades. And it's just, there's certain things where I'm like, it's the 21st century. I shouldn't be buttoning my child's onesie. It should button itself. Or We need self-lacing shoes. We need self, I mean, we really do. It's like the fact that we still tie our shoes, the fact that I have to mess around with buttons or zippers or any of the things that go onto my children's clothing, really annoying. Solve this problem, America or somebody. And so I hate blenders for that reason. I hate all blenders. They're so useful. But then you've got like a messy blender. I don't know. The cap on my the little cup is real easy. So just I rinse it. Often what I do is I just I unscrew it. I rinse it under the sink real quick. I whip it out and I set it over for the next time I want it. I don't even I don't do any more than that. Occasionally I'll run it through the dishwasher just to be sure it's sanitized. But I'll use that. I use that thing once a day. Cool. Sometimes twice a day. I'll have a berry shake, frozen berries, a couple scoops of vanilla protein powder and water or something like that. And that's a nice, fun, delicious little way to get both protein and some micronutrients. And then if I feel like I want a dessert shake, I'll do the chocolate thing. I was saying as a treat and also enhance my protein take. Nice. That keeps it simple enough and easy enough for me, useful enough, worthwhile enough, but your mileage will vary with these tools. So, but anyhow, I'm probably at some point going to get this creamy. If for no other reason, I'm just always looking for ways to increase my kids' protein intake. They would live off mac and cheese and grilled cheese and sugary cereals if they could. So TikTok famous. Apparently this thing's quite famous on TikTok. I feel like TikTok leads all of culture and then those of us who aren't on TikTok hear about everything later. Everything later. That's on well, TikTok. marketing leads culture and TikTok's the most viral marketing tool currently in existence that I'm aware of. Yeah. Nothing on earth could compel me to get on TikTok. I have tried Same. and it's just not I for haven't me. even tried. I don't want to try. I haven't try. tried either. I mean, if you guys are on Instagram or any of the other platforms, you're just wait two weeks and then all the TikTok videos make their way to your Insta stories. Right. Insta stories is just TikTok. <laughs> I mean, that's all it is. It's tick, yeah. It's TikTok two weeks later for lame millennials like us. I mean, really, it's just choose your algorithm. Who do you think feeds you the stuff that you like the best? You're a fat cow. Somebody's going to stuff your mouth. Would you rather Zuck know your details or would you rather the Chinese, the CCP, know your details? I don't care. They can all have my details. They already have my details. It's just Elon gives feeds me more things that I like. So it's just which trough I want to stick my mouth on, really. Man, the Twitter, my Twitter algorithm has been messed up lately. I used to love the For You tab, but basically since we watched Guardians and... The Spider-Verse movie, all I get in my For You tab is weird Spider-Man stuff that about things I don't care about. And I maintain different Twitter accounts so that I can have one about politics, one about movies, and the, so that they won't get corrupted that way. But what's fascinating is they all slowly get corrupted over time and begin to 
merge into each other and I begin to see the same things appear across them. And I don't know if it's just Twitter knowing that it's all me, but eventually I'm seeing like the same lame, like reformed pastor takes in my thing where I only follow entertainment accounts and stuff like it's like, ah, have they found me? They found me. No. So I don't know how, but they found, they found, you got to stay one step ahead (laughs) of the algorithm, (laughs) but I still prefer Twitter to, Anything else that's on the market, man, I certainly prefer it to threads. That's my hot topical take for today, man. The Libyans. Sorry. Idiots? The Libyans. I don't know what that means. Oh, is that? I was all making the Back, Back to the, the future. future references. Yeah, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. It was, that's a Doc Brown quote. Unlike most people, I've seen Back to the Future twice in my life. It's not a huge reference point for me. I do not know all its lines and things. I understand that that makes me strange. I just, I like it. I just never saw it a billion times. So, yeah. Well, folks, my name is Nathan. That's Ben. That's Jake. Welcome hey, to the show. Yeah, welcome to the oh, show. Hello. So, some you've been in the pre-show. Yeah, I do not use our old intros anymore. I had some new intros. They sounded a little. We decided they sounded a little passive aggressive. So I'm not going to use those anymore. So, and then they, they, I just like to say they were not intended to be passive aggressive. I was not feeling aggression towards Jake or Ben when I gave these intros. But I'm a sarcastic fellow, and things can come out sounding sarcastic sometimes even when they're not intended that way i mean i think jake might just be the greatest living theologian and i certainly think of ben as a captain but can you name someone (laughs) you can tell these guys both definitely (laughs) feel the aggression (laughs) one way or another but (laughs) where is it coming from (laughs) where is it even coming from who knows (laughs) i hate the world and everyone in it so we need a new interest because and you might say go back to the old ones but i say once it's been stolen yeah. Do you want it back? Once it's been stolen, I felt like there was... If somebody, if somebody was, steals your bike and you get it back, do you... Somebody steals your car and you get it back, do you actually want that Yeah, car? if somebody drains like, your bank account and you get it back, do you even want, it, want that money? Yes. Yes, yes you do you want do. that you money. Do. And you maybe you don't want to be driving that car around that's been stolen that had somebody else in it and was driving it around for a while. If someone steals... Your girlfriend. Do you want her back? That might be the better analogy. I don't want to say if someone steals your wife, that's too like too you know, much, too dark. But if, if someone fundamentally changes the nature of a relationship or a thing, if if Hitler started drinking Coke, would you still want to drink Coke? Yeah, probably. I guess I don't know. Uh, what, I don't know what the analogy is, but in any case, I can't go back. I'm sorry. So I guess we could just be boring and just say it's, it's Ben. He's a pastor. Jake. He's but maybe that's what we always should have done. I don't know. But if you have ideas for what the introduction to the show should be, something with just a bit of wit and whimsy to it, but also, you know, not too self-deprecating, not people have to know that they're in for a show that they can take seriously, but that'll also have some guffaws. I don't know, Ben, you got any ideas? How would you like to be introduced? I've never thought about it. His lordship? Yeah, yeah. That's it does sound pretty nice. You mentioned it. No. I have no idea. I've never thought about it, and I've always been happy to be the passive recipient of your introductions. Till recently. Till recently. Yeah, see, I, everything was, the balance was thrown off. The chi was whatever bad thing happens to chi that makes it not being... It got ch- clogged up. Yeah, the chi got clogged up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man, there's a clog in your chi. I don't know. I don't think it could be a rhyme. Uh, Maybe we could rhyme with Ben and Joe. What rhymes with Ben? Sin. What? Sin? Yeah. Ben, like he's a sinner? <laughs> a sinner. 
Benner the <laughs> Benner the Sinner. That that doesn't oh, feel passive aggressive at all. Ben <sighs> Finn Men Din Hen Again. It's Ben again. There you go. You got your rhyme. Yep. There we go. Yay. See, it's it's Michael stinks. Finnegan. Begin again. Did you guys see the fake trailer that or the fake poster that was going around? Where they took Cillian Murphy's face from the poster of Oppenheimer and they made yeah. it Jingleheimer. And then it yep. had the little thing that said his name is my name too as the motto of the movie or whatever. And I thought that was kind of cute. I didn't see it. Because Jingleheimer sounds like Oppenheimer. You see? I see. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about the introduction to our show. I'll keep thinking about it. Folks, if you what have What we suggest- should do is, is have an extensive pro- product review of something that we've never actually used. Yes. We are cold open every single time i'm here to talk about books so i don't care what you do okay let's talk about books <laughs> i don't actually i don't have one ready i have 10 open tabs still but i have not gone back to my audible account for probably a month or two and i don't know maybe this is worth continuing to talk about because so the here are my open tabs Bed of Procrustes by Taleb, Thinking Fast and Slow by Kahneman, Outlived by Peter Atia, Habits of the Household by Justin Early, Yay. Unseen Realm by Michael Heiser, Boo. Wounded Heart by Dan Allender. Yay. I'm going to judge each one of your books. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Those are just open tabs that okay. have just been open for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying before that, you know, there are times and seasons where I want that. I want fodder, things that I'm reading or whatever, or listening to, taking advantage of car time, new ideas, things to be chewing on. And lately I've just felt so fatigued that I just need that time to be rest, recover, restore time. But what I have been reading actually is a a lot more fiction because I, I had a old pastor friend, mentor, father figure. I won't say his name because he was embarrassed to frame what I'm about to say the way he was, and so I don't want him to be, feel dumb. But just telling me that I need more things in my life that give me positive mental energy, that was his phrase. So, But I've been actually trying to take that advice and deciding I'm just going to carry... Well, what I found is it's nice to just have a book or two of fiction especially something well-written with some potency to it because so much of what I do read is it's commentaries. So it's like dry and lame a lot of the time, which should never be the case when you're talking about the most serious and beautiful, glorious things in the world. But Mm. often commentators somehow manage to pull that off. So there's that. And then there's a lot of the books like that. I just listed off with an, couple exceptions in there like Taleb is interesting writing but the rest of it is just boundaries like it's all it's pretty bad writing or pretty just functional. like very very sure. pragmatic functional it's not writing writing it's not written by somebody it's written by somebody who wants to communicate information and not somebody who understands necessarily the power and potency of words and so that's more of where I've found myself okay if I should give myself permission to find things that give me positive mental energy, where does my mind actually go? And it's the things that are more creative and fun and wordsy and that sort of thing. So I've been running in more creative directions as far as that goes. And I foresee that continuing, but that's all I'm going to say about that. 
That's very cool. I should I will say related to that, we just finally released another episode of the Bookening podcast where we talk exclusively about that type of stuff. Yeah. And it just came out today as the day we're recording, actually. The uh, first one for four like months or something four like that. Four or five months, yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, renewed commitment to that show is yeah. part of actually me rethinking what, from my part, the, I mean, we all have our part in it and all of us each ha- separately have our desire to continue it. But for my own part, my own renewed commitment is also a renewed commitment to the things that I actually enjoy and that give me life that spark joy as what's your face or whatever would say. Goosebumps. What else have you been reading re- recently? Yeah. So R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein. <laughs> ton of R.L. Stein. Yeah. What are the other uh, R.L. Steins you've been reading? For all the those. pros alone. Well, I, I went back <laughs> went back, and I reread the entire Goosebumps series right. and then I had to dip into Fear Street. Mm-hmm. It's a little scary for me. Yeah. But, well, it's uh, right there in the name. Yeah. Yeah, fear. it's not Comfort fear. Street or no. what's the opposite of fear, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> Courage, <laughs> Courage Street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So definitely R.L. Stein. Now, I did go back to Cormac McCarthy just because of all of the authors that I have read over the last several years. He's one of the few that really, really, for better and often for worse, understands the potency of words and language. And so I wanted a hit of that. So I did. I went back to Cormac McCarthy. I read No Country for Old Men, which is actually much less poetically wordsy and more plot driven than any McCarthy that I've read. Before. Yeah, it just about feels like the treatment for the superior movie that would come out later. But yeah, it's a good book. Yeah. I've not seen the movie and don't know when or if I will. But I read the I read that and I just picked up a new Raymond Chandler novel, which I've had one Raymond Chandler experience before. It was mm-hmm. The Big Sleep, and I did not like... The Big Sleep might as well have described your reaction to the book, I tell you. I tells you. Well, what I remember is that it was fun and colorful, and it had no plot, and that's probably not a fair summary, but I think I knew that Raymond Chandler was a formative influence for you. I also knew that Raymond Chandler's Marlowe stories were supposed to be detective novels, so I was expecting a a certain kind of detective novel and I had the wrong kind of expectation. But in terms of like pop style and atmospherics and fun turns of phrase, like I do remember that book really popping and this being different. And so I thought that would be a fun well to go back to just for some totally different, much more fun rather than bleak existential. Fun existentialism instead of bleak existentialism. That's McCarthy's. Yeah. I mean, there is an existentialism to Marlowe, but it's sort of like the same existentialism you get to Indiana Jones or to... uh, So I think it's a combination of, well, I want something that's going to be like wordsy and fun. We just saw Indiana Jones and it was bad. And so, I don't know, Marlowe's a Jonesy type of character and good pulp fun, man. Let's see, see what else is at that well. So, Yep. He's the best. He is the best. Always looking for the intersection of art and pop, and Marlo's right up there for me. Uh, ben, you been reading anything? We listened to, we're almost done, listening to another Peter Whimsey mystery on car trips. That's what we do. Listen to Lord Peter Whimsey, and man, I just, I love it every time. They're really fun, really well written. Characters are a lot of fun. The dialogue is great. The right, just the writing. The writing is excellent. It's funny. The scenes are funny. Lord Peter is a great wonky aristocrat character 
And maybe all detective novels have this sort of thing, but I guess not. There's a lot of espionage, basically. So Peter has his minions. He has a butler character. He has this 40-something-year-old lady, spinster lady, that he employs who functions like a spy of his. But she's like a proper Catholic who writes these wordy letters to him about what she's doing. And the books are just full of all this humor and all these episodes that are super fun. This is the fourth one that we've listened to together. I think my wife has probably listened to a bunch more, but I haven't. And every time I'm like, man, a lady who can write. And then the narrator, the reader of these books, is this British guy who's fantastic with voices. And everything he does, it just makes me think, maybe, man, I shut up my game. With voices. With voices, because he's just got all these things that he does and all these theatrical tricks he pulls to differentiate everyone. I really recommend Peter Whimsey. I don't know. Can't say it enough. I'm not a detective book kind of guy. I have read a couple of Marlowe novels. Enjoyed them. But this, I'd say, is superior because you you end up feeling like you care about at least some of the characters and what happens to them. I thought the the thing about the Chandler stuff is that Marlowe himself is crazy likable. Marlowe is like, really likable. No, I, I, that, that's true. He's a really enjoyable guy to just sort of live and hang out with. Like you want to be around Indiana Jones. Like you want to be around certain sort of John Wayne or Humphrey Bogart. I mean, there's a reason Humphrey Bogart was cast as yeah. Marlowe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, Marlowe is my favorite of that type of just to the kind of slightly self-deprecating, world-weary yeah. Hero. C.S. Lewis loved the type of character that Marlowe is, like the world weary, kind of cynical, with a heart of gold, who's just gonna like keep getting back up and doing the right thing. Right. But not, watch him get the crap beat out of him for most of a book and not act like it, it's not act like he's doing the right thing. Like this puddle right. would be C.S. Lewis type that everybody's probably just like he doesn't think he's anything special, but right. actually he's a knight in shining armor. You just have to see past the exterior to get that, which is mm-hmm. a very appealing type yeah, of Yeah, super, super fun. Yeah. There's a little, Lord Peter Whimsey is, he's nobility, right? So, and he's extremely eccentric. His family's eccentric. So he uses his rank <clears throat> and his weirdness to just get, to, to do anything he wants. And he's, he mixes with all kinds of people. He's not a snob, but he is a very sort of bound up weird guy. And very funny. <clears throat> and it's constantly throwing people he meets off guard by acting like higher rank, eccentric, and uh, just people don't know what to do with him or make of him. And he has a reputation for being interested in crime, which he is. So it's a different kind of character, but it's nice to sort of dip back into a world where there, is, there are ranks and people speak differently and think differently. They think in hierarchies. More of a Jane Austen type world a little later, but that kind of world yeah, is Woodhouse fun. Yeah, Woodhouse fan. I don't know. Haven't read or seen enough to be sure. But yeah, there's definitely an aspect of this is that kind of thing. Well, I'll go ahead and recommend my favorite detective novel, even though I haven't read any of them for a long time. But as long as we're talking about it, I know I've made this recommendation before on various podcasts. But I recommend that everybody, if you like either strain of detective fiction that we're talking about, (laughs) read the Rex Stout novels featuring the characters of Nero Wolf and Archie, Archie Goodwin. Nero Wolf is an eccentric fat gourmand of detective in the Sherlock Holmes kind of not a people person 
mold, grumpy, reclusive, never leaves his comfortable house, doesn't go out and do any detecting himself, but he always, at the end of the books, has all the suspects to his house and they all sit down and then he kind of does a thin man and solves the case right there. That kind of thing. That's the formula. But his man about town who goes and does all the detective things is Archie Goodwin, obviously, in the Sam Spade or Philip Marlowe mold of the witty self-deprecating, getting the crap beat out of him, detective type dude. So you have the character that is going and doing all the work and meeting all the suspects and flirting with all the dames. And then you have the more eccentric Sherlock Holmes types character that's actually solving the case. And they both have a fun sort of witty love-hate relationship. And those books are just great. There are loads of fun. I don't know. There probably there's a little bit more actual nutrition in both of the things you were talking about. But just in terms of fun, like light reads, those are some of my favorite, written from 1934 to 1975, I see here. I recommend people give them a try. (laughs) You can go to our patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity to support the show and be part of discussions on Discord and all that great stuff. Until next time, stay sane.